Hello, and welcome to the Cosmic Cauldron with hosts Jamie and Charlotte, where we discuss spirituality, paganism, witchcraft, holistic lifestyles, and everything in between. So gather around the cauldron every Wednesday, where we brew up a new topic. Hello, welcome to the Cosmic Cauldron. This week's episode, Jamie and I are going to be covering crystals. We're going to go through some of our favorites, how to use them, ways that you can incorporate them into your own practice, as well as cleansing and charging and more. So if you have been wanting to learn how to work with crystals, or maybe you've already been incorporating them in your life in some ways, and you just want to learn more, this episode is for you. Yes. So let's get into it. Jamie, what are your favorite ways to use crystals in your practice? Well, I would say that has probably evolved over time. Um, When I first started working with crystals, I use them in a lot different ways than I do now. Um, But if we're speaking about the here and now, I usually incorporate them with my jewelry. I like to wear them. I do have a lot of them around the house um, as fixtures, um, just little, little beacons of, of light around my home, but I have a ton of crystal jewelry and it's sort of like a little ritual during the day when I get dressed and ready for my day is sort of, okay, what am I feeling? What's speaking to me today? Uh, what do I need to wear today? So that's, that's one of my favorite ways to use them now. Yeah. I love that. I also use crystals as amulets or wards, depending on what the crystal itself is good for but I definitely incorporate them into my jewelry as well. And they're so pretty. So <laughs> they <laughs> are so pretty. Yes. Yes. It, it's definitely a twofold method. Absolutely. And I feel like it sort of depends on my mood and what I need for that day. Um, you know, some days I'm feeling really lovey-dovey or even maybe the opposite of that and feeling kind of lonely. So I'll grab my rose quartz or some days, um, and I'm looking at my wall of jewelry now, um, I might grab my black tourmaline if I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed or if I have to be at a big social gathering. So, um, you know, and I used to, I used to carry little rocks like in my pockets and in my bras, but I was always losing them. So I much prefer to just incorporate them, uh, in my jewelry now. And, uh, I, I guess I do tend to think of them sort of like amulets as well. You know, they're like little, I like to call them crystal allies, you know, they're, they're specific to me. They're programmed to me for when I need them. And they speak to me when, when I do need them, I guess it's kind of hard to explain. It's just this, you know, natural phenomenon that happens, but I love it. I love it. And, and I probably don't use, utilize them as a tool as much as I did in the beginning of my journey with crystals. Um, And that's something that I definitely want to touch on in this episode. Um, because when I first started working with them back in 2000 and 2014, it was, I was obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) I fell into the deep end and I had crystals everywhere, left, right, and center. I would stack the bracelets, stack the necklaces. I'd have crystals in my pockets and in my bra. Um, and it's like, as I learned to work with that energy, I need the actual physical tool less and less, but there are certain few crystals that I just feel like just need to be with me sometimes, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can understand that. Also, how did your washer and dryer hold up with all those crystals? (laughs) (laughs) I have washed many, (laughs) 
many a crystal. Um, luckily, I don't think I've ever actually ruined one. Um, I tend to drop them and break them more than anything else, especially jewelry, uh, yeah. which is pretty annoying uh, to say the least. But they either fall off of me or they fall off of the little thing on the wall that I hang them on. Um, but at the same time, I think we can incorporate this later in this episode about how important it is to make sure that they're clean, they're, you're cleaning them and keeping their energy, right? Because yeah. I feel like the ones that have literally just like leapt off of my neck or my wrist were just overloaded with energy. Cause I could feel it, you know, it's like, I'm frustrated then, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of questions from people like when a crystal breaks, what does it mean? And like you just said, it's typically either overloaded with energy or, or it's possible that it's sustained a hit for you. Like it, it has deflected whatever energy was coming your way. Absolutely. Yeah, I 100% believe that. And that's why as frustrating and annoying as it is, I also understand that it's served its purpose. So there's that balance there between the gratitude, but also being really annoyed. (laughs) Yes, I get upset. Like they, your crystals become like your little crystal family. I don't know. I, (laughs) I might be personifying (laughs) crystals more than I should, but yes, when I break a crystal, it is a sad day. It's a sad day. It is. It is. And I, and I want to speak to what you just said for a minute, because I definitely personify my rocks, um, especially in the past. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I used to actually run a crystal shop online. It was called Sunstar crystals. And I did that for, for many years. Um, and what a lot of people didn't know is I was learning right along with people as I was teaching them. Um, and I just made some amazing contacts all over the world for buying and sourcing, uh, really amazing crystals. And it was just beautiful how it unfolded, but they really do have a personality. I remember getting a big order in and just sitting on the floor and opening it and going through it like Christmas. It was like Christmas, all these beautiful rocks and each one of them, it's like, they did have like a little personality. And those were always my favorite ones, the really loud ones. They would speak to me and they'd be like, you know, hi, <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm here, yes. um, you know, and then, and, but they, they were each different. So I do think that it's fair to say that, that you can personify them because everything has energy and especially rocks, actually, they are organic matter. They have a lot of energy and some of them actually don't stop growing just because you take them out of the earth. Like I have a piece of petrified wood from my grandfather yeah. that um, has little like druzy quartz on it. It's growing like these little sparkly bits of quartz on it. And they're bigger now. Like they're, it looks really? different than it did like eight years ago when I got it. Um, and so some just keep, keep growing and there's more science behind that, that I'm not recalling at the moment. So, um, feel free to Google that if you want to, that's not what we're covering on this episode, <laughs> the sciencey bits. Um, but, but yeah, they do. Some of them really do. And so it's like, so yeah, I just like to treat them like their own little thing. It's like <laughs> they have their little personality and, and I don't know, it's just, it's really cute and really fun at the same time. They really do. And, and I know it, it, it's not the same for everybody. For me personally, yes, I do personify them. In fact, animism is a large part of my practice 
as is. So I believe in the, the energy of, of objects that some people might feel are inanimate objects and crystals are no exception to that. All right, before we get into charging and cleansing your crystals and a few other topics that we're intending to cover on this episode, Jamie, do you have a favorite crystal or does it just depend on what you're needing? You know, a lot of people have asked me that over the years and there are a certain few crystals that I'm always finding myself really drawn to. Um, And so I guess that would categorize um, or fit into your question. So those would be amethyst, which just also happens to be my birthstone. And no, that's not on purpose. I just, I just feel so drawn to that beautiful purple color. Um, It reminds me of the crown chakra um, and it just feels really, oh gosh, what's the word? Enlightening, I guess. It's a very expansion energy for me, the amethyst. So, and I, because I'm an Aquarius and I'm always, and I'm a, a generator in human design. Um, I'm just like always go, go, go and trying to learn more. So I feel like that one really speaks to me. Um, another one that I seem to find myself having a lot of is desert rose selenite. Um, I love selenite in general, but I love desert rose selenite. And if you've never seen it before, um, look it up because I know you can't see the one I'm looking at on my dresser right now. Um, but they're just, they're so cute. And, and speaking of personifying there, it's almost like a bunch of little people in one luster, um, <laughs> when it comes to this, this one for me, it's like a little grouping and it's very cleansing and purifying the energy of it. So I like to have them kind of sitting out in my room. Um, and then the last one I would say is black tourmaline. Um, I absolutely love the protective, qualities of black tourmaline. I wear it a lot. I have them all. I mean, I have some over each of the um, exits of my house, entrances and exits over my house. I have them in the windows. I carry them in my car. (laughs) So, and they, you know, black tourmaline absorbs negative energy. So it does have to be cleansed. So I like to set those out um, under the full moon. But um, so yeah, those are probably my three amethyst desert rose selenite and black tourmaline. I love those. And I, I like how you describe the desert rose. To me, they always look like, like little brains. They do. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. They kind of do. And it always does spark conversation. So that's kind of funny too, because it's always like creating this like intellectual conversation with people. Cause I used to have one on my coffee table and people would always want to talk about it. So that's kind of funny. The parallel. Yes. I don't know. It just looks like little lobes to me, but I've always been drawn to it. I I don't have many pieces, but I've been collecting more recently. I'd actually say right now, because my favorite crystals highly depend on where I'm at in life, just in general. And I catch myself saying, oh, that's my favorite crystal to like 10 to 20 different crystals. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. That's why I was like, I'm going to try my best to answer your question. Let me just go with the ones I'm drawn to the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know for me right now, I'm enjoying carnelian. That's, that's kind of a new one for me. It's also, it has definitely increased in popularity. So 
I know that I've kind of jumped on to, to the visibility of it, but also for its properties and where I'm at in life. It inspires confidence and creativity. And with, with all my projects, it's something that I need. So I use them for creativity and for inspiration. And also they're, they're really nice to look at. Now, another crystal that I have recently found and fell in love with is flower agate. And it was something that I was immediately drawn to, but I had no idea the correspondences for this particular crystal. And when I went to go look, I realized that this crystal has only been around since, or I'm sorry, it was only discovered in 2018, which explains why I hadn't seen it before, because I have been collecting crystals well before I was interested in their metaphysical properties. I have been collecting crystals since I was a toddler. In fact, I have my dad's collection that was passed down to me. It actually hangs in my shop to this day. So flower agate for me, when I went about researching this stone, I I found that it is significant for growth and transformation. And as I was starting to get attracted to this crystal, that is, that's when I started my business. That's when I started my Instagram. When I was planting the seeds for having a podcast, basically it was just a whole whirlwind of transformation and growth. And at that particular time, this is the stone that I gravitated towards. So I think it is important when using crystals to trust your intuition. You can feel a crystal's energy. You can feel you know, what they correspond with. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I have often found that to be true within my own life actually. And that's why it's hard for me when people ask me, what is my favorite? Because that has changed and evolved, you know, over time, because like you said, right now, flower agate is your favorite and it means something to you right now. And this time next year, it could be something else entirely. Um, and I believe that that's how they're supposed to be utilized. So, you know, like I said, the ones that I listed are the ones that I feel the closest to at this moment, but that will probably be different (laughs) in a couple of months. You know, there's, there's a few that I know came into my life at a very specific time to help me upgrade or integrate something. Um, And I'm very grateful for that. And I definitely hang on to those because they're special for that reason, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like what we are drawn to definitely shifts depending on the seasons and where we're at in life. I know that, you know, that's been true for you and it's been true for me. And I imagine it's true for a lot of people. Now, I know in my practice, the what I use crystals for the most outside, I believe you called them fixtures earlier. Yes, yes. The <laughs> they're, they're kind of room staples. Yes, fixtures. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah yeah they become part of your decor right but they still mean something (laughs) yes yes and for me they're definitely a part uh, I have several altars so depending on which room in my house and which altar we're referring to depends which crystals are are there however I also use spell jars a lot in my practice so I have a large collection of crystal chips that I can use in smaller bottles. But when I'm using larger jars, I can, I can go ahead and use tumbles and bigger stones. So crystals get a 
a large nod in my practice. They are definitely utilized for me. Yeah, I could say the same. They're never not going to be a part of my journey and my path. And, and now that you mention it about altars, I do have a few different ones. Um, one behind me right now is sort of like my, my most sacred altar. It's the one in my bedroom, which is my sacred place. And so right now on that, I actually have black tourmaline and selenite and a rose quartz. (laughs) So, um, I think rose quartz goes without saying is always going to be one that I use. Like I may not ever list it as my favorite, but it's always in the top because it's just, you can't not use it. It's just one of those really powerful crystal allies. I don't even know what else to say about it. It, it really is. It has so many good, good uses. Uh, not only, you know, is it for, for self-love or love for another person or compassion rather, it, it's also a, a healing stone at that. So I, I definitely have more than a few pieces of rose quartz around for sure. Yeah. It's definitely good for bringing in the, the lovey-dovey vibes and just maintaining that, that feminine energy. I feel like, um, it it brings in that, that lovey-dovey mushy energy that not even necessarily romantic, but just, I don't know. I feel like as a masculine sign, it kind of keeps me grounded in that. So I have a lot of it everywhere. (laughs) I, I don't use it as often as I should, but it's always going to have a place. I know that like, like you said for yourself, the, the altar that you have in your bedroom is, is your most sacred. It's the most personal it's, it's literally in your most personal space. So although not its primary purpose, I am currently recording at my working altar because it's the only place I can get some quiet around here, but but, (laughs) yeah, I have several different ones. And the, the one in my bedroom has so many crystals on it. I wouldn't even be able to name them all. All right. Now that we have discussed a a little bit about our favorite crystals and how we like to use them, let's get into the popular topic of cleansing and charging your crystals. Why you should, how you should, and how often you should. Also, first, let me explain what the difference between charging and cleansing your crystals are, because this, from what I have seen, creates some confusion, especially in people who are new to, to either the craft or crystals as a whole. And the difference between charging and cleansing is that for charging, you're actually putting energy into the crystal, whereas cleansing, you are removing the energy that may have accumulated within the crystal. So a good way to think about it is cleansing is removing unwanted energies, whereas charging is replenishing those energies. And a lot of the time, the charging and cleansing methods can be dual purpose. Yes. So yeah, there's definitely a difference between cleansing and charging. And I do think that in the beginning, this is something important to understand. While I don't think that it's the end all be all, Um, it definitely is important to take care of the tools that you use in your spiritual practices, your witchy practices, whatever you want to call it. And cleansing is charging is definitely one of those things that needs to be intentional. Um, Now I am guilty of not setting out my rocks, you know, um, under every full moon. Um, I kind of do it as I feel they need it now. 
But, you know, you and I have discussed before, we're not real big into like strict rituals. So, um, but that's probably a topic for another day. Um, but moonlight is, is something that I do think is a real blessing to utilize, um, because it's always there. It's always available to us in full every few weeks. And you can not only cleanse your crystals with the moonlight, especially around the full moon, but it also does charge them as well. And it is one of those rare ones that does both. (laughs) Um, and not all of the methods that we're going to talk about are that way, but moonlight and even sunlight, um, depending on what you work with more. Now I know most witches tend to work with the moon. Um, I actually resonate more with the sun's energy. Um, but I will utilize the moon's energy when it comes to my tools, because I just feel like it's more appropriate for my rituals and practices. Yes. I love using the moonlight. However, I cannot be so rigid with my practice. And I don't think that anybody should, it's way too much pressure to, to have to do everything, every full moon, because what you have to understand is life can and does happen. While utilizing the full moon is, is amazing to add to your practice. You do not have to, you do not have to catch every full moon. And if you miss a full moon and you still want to cleanse or charge your crystals, there's several other ways to do it. Yes, there are. And some of my favorite are using salt. Yes. Or even cleansing with cold water, but not every crystal can be water. So that's definitely something to keep in mind, um, that we can discuss briefly here, but salt water and smoke are probably my other three favorite ways to cleanse. Yes. I would say that smoke cleansing is probably the safest when you are, when you use water, you have to take into account the, the hardness of the crystal. There's actually, uh, they call it, uh, the most scale. Now the most scale, it, which is M O H for those of you listening, it's the mineral hardness of each crystal. Now, typically anything over a five is water safe. However, there are some that are over a five that cannot be put in water because they will rust. I, I will not be going over the full list, but some of them that can rust are like pyrite, hematite, uh, magnetite. Even by looking at them, you, you can kind of get the feel that this might rust if I place it in water. So yeah, any, any of the metallic type ones. Yes, exactly. And if in doubt, don't do that. You can safely put it under the moon. You can safely use smoke to, to cleanse your crystals or another favorite of mine is place it by selenite. That is actually a self-cleansing crystal. And if you put selenite next to another crystal, it will cleanse this crystal for you. Yes. And actually you've reminded me of a method that I don't typically use a lot, but if something, um, is just really, really heavy, um, I also like to bury them in the earth. Yes. Yes. So you can either just bury it directly or you can put it in a pouch as long as it's made of natural material and not, um, a synthetic material. It's going to be like cotton or wool or something organic, but burying it and letting 
the earth transmute those energies um, is also really powerful too. So I wanted to mention that here. Yes. Yes. The, I mean, crystals come from the earth. So it is, it is definitely a good method to use to both cleanse and charge your crystals, because that's another one of those dual purpose methods. It not only cleanses your crystals, but it also charges them. When you place a crystal in the earth, it is going to draw from the earth. And with that, that is going to charge it. But earth itself is also purifying. So it's, it's another one of those dual purpose methods. Yeah. And I think something important to note here is that the methods that not only cleanse, but also charge have to do with the earth or elements of some sort. So the moon, the sun, the earth. Okay. So it's important to remember that, um, smoke is just cleansing. Yes. When you burn things, they are from the earth, but it's usually just cleansing and not charging. Um, salt, even though it does come from the earth, it's just cleansing and not necessarily charging. So going directly to the source, the moon energy, the sunlight and the earth itself is going to give you that dual purpose. So if you are a beginner with this, I think those are some great methods to use. It's like hitting the reset button for your crystals. Just don't forget they're there (laughs) because (laughs) sunlight can also degrade the color um, certain types of quartzes, fluorites, that sort of thing. So you don't want to lose the beautiful color of your stones by leaving them on your back patio for too long. And, you know, leaving them in the earth, obviously, please remember where you buried them, (laughs) you know, and if you have animals, maybe make sure you don't bury it somewhere where it can be dug up because you might lose it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I love that connection that you made. Yes. It is definitely when you are, are working with the elements and the earth where these dual purpose methods come into play. So yeah, I, I love that. I love that connection. Me too. So let's talk about cleansing and when a person should actually be cleansing their crystals. Yes. So this is another one of those questions that I used to get all the time when I was running my shop. And honestly, my best answer, and this might be annoying to some people is intuition. So, you know, only you are going to know when the, the tourmaline necklace you're wearing feels like it's had enough you know, or the, the rock next to your door has had enough, you know, like it's, there's no exact science to this, but I can definitely tell you some days when I'm wearing a piece of jewelry, it starts to feel very heavy, especially like when I wear my necklaces, there are literally days where I'm like halfway through the day, almost all the way through the day. And I am just clawing to get the thing off of me. Like I can't, I just can't wear it anymore. And it's because it's absorbed so much and it just needs a break. It needs a break for me. It needs to be cleansed. It needs some love. So you just have to kind of go by, by feeling here, you know, and that takes practice. I do understand some of you might be going, okay, well, that sounds great, but you know, (laughs) it does take practice. And so if you don't feel confident enough, um, in that knowing just yet, then that's when you can set up a ritual of some sort, you know, maybe once a week, every two weeks, or just with the full moon, just set your things out and cleanse them until you learn to really feel into that intuition for yourself. Yes. Yes. Learning how to read the energy from a stone and to determine whether or not it it needs to be cleansed is something that takes practice. 
I, I have heard a sort of like a tips and tricks for when people are starting to learn, you know, how to feel energy is to rub the palms of your hands together and then slowly move them apart and focus on the energy that you can feel in between the palms of your hands, because it will be present. And it's kind of with that in mind, you can start to read the energy in other objects. I would like to add that I am a firm believer in when the crystal makes it to your home, you should cleanse it because you don't know where that crystal's been. You know, and a lot of the times these crystals make large journeys and you do not know what type of energy it has picked up along the way. So I do advise people to, to cleanse the crystal when it makes it into their home. Also with the energy, you don't know if, even if it's not necessarily a bad energy, you don't know if it's an energy that aligns with you. Yes, that is for sure. And I'm glad that you brought that up. I always jump right to feeling, you know, and practices when it comes to crystals. Um, Cause that's just kind of my wheelhouse, but you you are absolutely correct. And that, that is something that we used to do that on such a large scale, when I would get these shipments in, it was so important to me to make sure I did cleanse them before I passed them off before I even photographed them for other people. But you're right. You know, you don't know exactly how it was mined. You know, you don't know the people that mined them. Uh, now I always tried to ethically source mine because I couldn't stand the thought of, you know, someone not feeling good <laughs> while they were digging up my rocks or even carving these rocks. Um, and so it was very important to me, that process, but still you're right. It, it travels through so many hands and even just the journey alone through the, through the post, you know, um, a lot of these postal workers, they're very grumpy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and these boxes of rocks get very heavy. <laughs> and so even if you're just ordering the one, you know, for yourself, they got to that person somehow, probably in a very large box that was very heavy. And my, my local post people here, they used to laugh at me before they realized what I was doing. They were what is this a box of rocks? I'm like, yeah, actually, it is. <laughs> sorry. Quite literally. It is <laughs> quite literally. I made so many friends at the post office when I ran that business because of that, but yeah, it's definitely definitely cleanse them when they come to you because they, they are like cosmic cloud, like tablets. I, I'm thinking of like the cloud system, you know, they absorb all of that information along yes. the way. And you don't want any part of that pretty much like at all, <laughs> you know, you want to wipe the slate clean, hit the reset button and so honestly, the full moon or burying them in the earth would probably be my go-to choices for cleansing personally, like my own personal stones when I first get them in the mail, because it is so like, that's the heavy hitter right there. Those two things, you know, like you're guaranteed those are going to cleanse it yes, more yes. than anything else. Yes. I, I would say for me personally, it is, it's the moonlight that that's maybe because it's full purpose and, and I, I might be busy. I wanted to say lazy, but I'm going to go with busy. <laughs> and a lot of us are busy witches or you know, just busy people in general. So, you know, when it's still purpose, I mean, that's a win-win, but I do like that you, you brought up um, disgruntled post office workers because my, my ring camera has definitely caught some aggression. <laughs> 
from carrying those boxes of rocks. So, all right, for our last method, and this is in reference to charging your crystals, let's discuss crystal grids a little bit. Jamie, do you use these in your practice? I definitely have. Um, it's now in the waste. So when I first started working with crystals, again, crystal grids was something that I got asked about a lot. So I dove headfirst into it. And I actually used to share a lot of really beautiful grids, pictures of grids that I would make on my crystal page for people to learn from. And I sort of look at, you know, placing the stones in certain patterns and I used it a lot to amplify things. And I think that's the general purpose, right? So you use whatever crystals you're drawn to. Typically people use a lot of quartz points, but you can really use anything that you want, whatever you feel drawn to. And the, the meditation part comes in, in the arranging them, you know, arranging them in a way that feels good to you, that amplifies the energy signatures that you're looking for, that just, that resonate for you. So I had a lot of very intricate ones that I would make. Um, but again, going back to the fact that I'm not really good with like rigid rituals and things that got kind of tiresome and felt a little forced. So now I just tend to sort of like, I'll grab a couple that feel something to me and I'll just kind of arrange them in a little bit of a way. And, and that's it. It's not so ritualistic anymore. Like usually this is actually what I do on my altars. So I'll grab the crystals that feel really good to me. I'll arrange them a certain way on my altar, put a candle in the middle, light it up. And there we go. Um, so it can be as simple <laughs> or as complex as you want it to be really. Um, but I'm a simple girl. So I usually go with simple. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I actually do not use crystal grids too often, but it for me, it is also a question that I get asked and, you know, not only is it for charging, but it's for manifestation. And as far as arranging a crystal grid, whatever crystal you place in the middle is going to be the stone that holds your intention. It's the center stone is what you are feeding the power into, and it's for manifestation for sure, as well as charging. So a lot of the times it's a large focal stone and several amplifying crystals. And like you said, a lot of the times that's, that's quartz, but no, for me, I am simple as well. I will just arrange crystals in a way that speaks to me. I'm like, I like these three, these three look like friends. So we're going to place them right here. <laughs> All right, to wrap up this episode, I am going to go over a handful of stones that are, are good beginner crystals. So if you are new to crystals and you just want a couple to, to have in your arsenal, I, I'm going to list a few and their correspondences and you can decide what you need for, for your practice or your altar. All right, let's go. Some of my favorite beginner crystals are, of course, rose quartz, as we were discussing earlier. Rose quartz is, it's a stone of compassion and love. So this is, this is a good one to keep on hand, you know, just to kind of keep that energy flowing. Uh, another crystal and one of Jamie's favorites is amethyst. Now I love this crystal as well. It is a great protective crystal and it's also good for, for psychic enhancement. It's a, it's a stone of intuition. So this is a good one to have on hand. A, another crystal 
and it this one is on on my top faves. I, I really don't know what number it ranks, but this one is citrine, and this one's for confidence, abundance, and success. And you know who couldn't use more of that? Another one is quartz, and like we mentioned, we were talking about crystal grids. This one is an amplifier. This amplifies the energy of the stones it is around. But aside from that, you know, it also raises energy and it's for healing and clarity. And next on the list is one of my favorites. This is carnelian. This one, as we discussed earlier, this one is for confidence and creativity. Labradorite is also a stone of intuition and strength. And if you're wondering why I had to say that so fast, it's because I can't pronounce it. (laughs) And the last two are smoky quartz and tiger's eye. Smoky quartz is good for grounding and protection, whereas tiger's eye is also good for protection, but it is also a great stone for courage and balance. And these two stones are are grounding stones. So if you need any, any assistance in that department, these are great to have. And that wraps up my list for beginner crystals. So I just want to point out the fact that there's no right or wrong way. So often people approach this subject and this topic where it has to be this or it has to be that and it can't be this and it can't be that when really it's just not true. Um, Like I stated in the beginning of this episode, my practice with crystals has evolved immensely. Um, When I first started working with them, I relied very heavily on them physically. You know, I needed to have them with me on me. And now as I've learned to work with their energies a bit more, I don't always have have to have them on me or near me. And it actually took me some time to kind of come to terms with that. (laughs) Um, because I felt kind of guilty that I didn't have my babies around me all the time anymore. Um, but at the same time, it was almost like I got this little nod from them. Like you've graduated, you know, so you may find yourself in this like overwhelming point of just, I don't know how to work with them right now, but I hope that this episode has helped you out and just know that however you're working with them for you is perfect for you. There is no right and wrong. And we, we support you. Absolutely. I definitely believe that a person knows what's right for them and their practice. So if you are interested in using crystals, like Jamie said, there's no right and wrong. You can go down to your local crystal shop and pick out a few that you're drawn to. You don't have to be pigeonholed. You can simply grab whatever crystals you like and your, your practice will evolve over time. And that is actually what you hope for. While, while crystals are still a big part of my practice, you can simply go into a shop and choose whatever crystal that you're drawn to. There is no right or wrong in this. So you don't have to, you don't have to use a beginner's list. Just use your intuition. Yes. So another question that I used to get asked all the time, and I know I keep saying that, but I used to get a lot of very specific questions. (laughs) And one of the main ones was, how do I know what crystal to choose for me? How do I, how do I choose? You know, when I go into a store, when I'm shopping online, how do I know? And people put a lot of weight into that because they want to make sure that they're choosing the right one, you know, for them. Um, And again, this just comes down to intuition. This is a perfect opportunity to hone those skills, you know, go into a shop. And this is what I want you to do. 
I, I definitely recommend in the beginning to shop locally and actually be able to physically touch what you're shopping for. And until you've kind of sharpened your skills a bit, I wouldn't recommend shopping online. I mean, you can, I'm not saying you can't, but if you're really interested in learning how to work with these energies, it is going to be best to do it in person. So find you a place where you can go and you can touch and you can feel, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk into the store and I just want you to let your, your gut guide you, you know, walk up to a display and I want you to rub your hands together to kind of build up the energy and release the energy, you know, cleanse your hands a little bit. And then I want you to just wave your hand. Okay. Just take your hand and wave it over the crystals and see which ones feel different ways to you. Um, this is one of my favorite practices. I love doing this. And this is actually a service I used to offer in my business is I would intuitively choose crystals for people. I would tap into their energy and then I would wave my hand over my stock and choose which one spoke to them. So do this for yourself. See which ones poke your hand. You'll feel the energy kind of poking at your hand. Some of them will feel really light. Some of them will feel kind of heavier and you'll know, and you'll pick it up and it'll be like that crystal was there for you. It was always waiting for you. And so, yeah, so <laughs> I could go on and on about this. You guys, if you can't tell, I love crystals and I love working with them and I love teaching people about them, but, um, that is the best way is just to let your intuition and the energy guide you. Don't stress over it. Just feel. I absolutely love that method. Well, well, I don't do the exact same thing. I definitely am heavily reliant on the energy that I pick up, but I love, I love what you said about clearing the energy first and then placing your hand. You will legitimately feel the energy. If you focus on it, you will feel it. So I think that that about wraps up this episode. Yes. I hope that you guys have really enjoyed this episode um, and you've learned a lot. We'd love to hear your takeaways. Pop over to our Instagram page. If you're not following us there already at the Cosmic Cauldron podcast and just say hi, we'd love to hear from you. So join us every Wednesday for another episode of the Cosmic Cauldron. Blessed be. Peace out. Thank you.